the fish? Did you need hot my words? I heard you. Not sure I understand, though. Tis the noise, lad. A fisher must be master of all the senses, eh? We're in the lair of the fang-tailed lawfish, the greatest smeller of things foul beyond the deep core. Are you saying we smell foul? You know the foul peach. Damn it, don't worry. Being clever, I can to apply the pungent musk of the glutsome crab to me suit. Oh, the old fishy won't know what hit him. <laughs> One of my fiercer quarries, but the law was no match for Scoobus then and his potent Durovas. I come to think, you contributed a few smells of your own to the melee. I owe you a debt of gratitude. Uh, don't mention it. Hmm? Uh, catch you later, laddie. <laughs> there and welcome to lucky number episode 77 of the video game podcast playstation pals i'm your host nick and i'm joined by the luigi to my mario john john we got we got something to tease no we don't no okay no. all right well i'm i won't tease it then <laughs> good move on <laughs> yes very exciting news uh this is our year in review podcast and if you remember earlier this year we had mentioned that the name of the show is going to change and it took us a very long time to decide and we're not going to say what it is just yet until we're ready to completely switch everything over but a new name is in fact coming we did in fact choose one i'm honestly a little surprised how much i like the name i thought it was definitely <laughs> going to be one of those you know yeah just settle on it because i'm tired of thinking about it and i mm-hmm. i'm not a creative person even though i'm hosting it co-hosting a podcast but <laughs> uh it's it's a pretty good one um you know we're gonna try and do a lot of different like overlays and logoing and things like that um you know to really try and take advantage of it but yeah I'm, it's a it's a good one yeah, it'll it'll be you know a full press once we once everything's up because we'll uh, we'll probably push for more social media, more Discord, more everything, get more people involved, and you know, yeah, let's get this thing going. That's right, that's right, man. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. We've put we've put the work in. Some you know uh, whoever's in charge up there of of luck, we want some. Right. So <laughs> give me luck. Yes, Mister Jesus. It is Christmas time, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Give me some luck, if that's but, your thing. But when we're really going to do it, we'll tease the episode before, so everyone's not like, "What? what is this show in my feed that I've never heard of? So, mm-hmm. But uh, but I had to tease it. What do you know? think? Like, probably February-ish is probably I, When like I'm a, counting on other people to make assets and yeah. stuff like that, I don't want to put a time frame. But So I didn't just say a time frame. <laughs> Strike yeah. that from the record. So, But, it, but it's coming, and uh, yeah, we've... Been sitting on this news for a little bit, but wanted to get that out there before the year was over. Touch on it. Sure. All right. And one more thing. I have a correction to make. There was a little bit of a scandal in our PS Plus wrap-up game show. I had accidentally written down the numbers of hours played for Pal of the Show, Jesse. Uh-oh. He actually, I had him at, what, 553? He was sixth. He was actually 773, oh, which would how make... How could you? I know. I felt so bad. How could you? Oh, God. Don't lay it on me. Dude, 
Jesse, if you're listening, thank you for continuing to listen because I would I would have probably cut off cold turkey. You know, that's 220 hours of hard-earned game time that was uh, negated from the record. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he yeah, 773 hours played, which will put him in third place in our time played. You know, not as much as John. Sorry, you know. Who was already th- who was third place? Uh, Before me. Oh yeah, get fucked, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'm sorry okay. about that, Jesse. That does push our overall uh, days played to 190. Okay, so we'll be okay. We're over half. We're, I don't know if we're already over half a year, or right under <laughs> half a year, but yeah, we we're 182 before. So, 182, okay. I don't, math is hard right now. My, <laughs> my brain's still in a post-holiday fog. <laughs> All right, so that's it. So we can move into the show, and this is going to be a little different than our normal show because this is our year in review, our game of the year podcast. So. No six things, none of that. We're going to do basically go over the year as a whole, and then we're going to touch on all the uh, the games we've been we played this year, and then go right into our awards and a few listener awards that wrote in. And you can write in at PlayStation Pals Pod at gmail.com or at Twitter, PS Pals Pod, or a YouTube comment uh, at PlayStation Pals. And I know I tease the new name. All that will change eventually, but for you now, just come find me at my house. I'll, you can answer yeah, questions. Yeah. Just some, knock some on door. Yeah, knock on his door. Uh, submit your question that way. That's that works too. So, so again, let's start off with 2023 in video games. And I'm just gonna do pick some random ones here. But you know, we as of right now, we are called PlayStation Pals. So let's talk about Sony. Now, Sony is having a record year. They're selling consoles like crazy. Uh, they had two big exclusives, Final Fantasy 16, Spider-Man 2. But I want to, my year in recap for them is a year of Sony bungling. Oh. And here are my reasons. PSVR 2. Yep. We finally got a Sony showcase and it sucked. Yeah. Internet was not high on that. <laughs> Focus on live service from first party offers, offerings, Marathon, Concord, Fair Games. Not going well. Yep. Turmoil at Bungie. Yep. The Insomniac leak. Sure. The PSN Plus price increase, yeah, and then Naughty Dog canceling The Last of Us online, yeah. So am I? Am I pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean that has kind of <laughs> been the vibe I've gotten, and you know I didn't really feel it so much in the beginning of the year, um, but as the year progressed and every single time it seemed like we were talking about Sony as a broad sense, it was negative, right? And you know it's things like you didn't even include with Connie Booth leaving, Jim Ryan's retirement being announced, which could just be you know the time has come type thing, but you know maybe it's involved with his seeming direction under live service, which isn't panning out well, and they're just like Jim, you got to go. So it does it does feel like. There is some upper management shifting that needs to happen, um, but I also would argue that I think just video games are kind of in bungling ter- turmoil territory right now too, where you know budgets have gotten so out of control that companies are laying off people left, right, and center. I'm sure that's probably something mm-hmm. you're about to bring up here in a little bit, and um, I think there's just some some big time changes that the the people high up are going to need to make, and Sony. Yeah, seems like they made a, a little bit of bad calls, but hopefully once we hear of an, uh, some more games that they're making, we can get our ease, our uh, you know worries at ease, and we just go, cool, we're getting another Naughty Dog IP, we're getting another Sony Santa Monica IP, Ghost of Tsushima 2 is coming, I'm happy to be a PlayStation gamer, you know? Yeah, as a, as a broken record, we only know of you know, their live service offerings and Wolverine, nothing else in the pipeline, so yeah. you know, there's plenty of room to turn things around for 
PSVR 2, for the platform as a whole. And as I mentioned, they're not hurting, so. No, they're not hurting. I mean, PS5 is somehow outpacing PS4, which I don't think people would have thought, especially with the supply constraints that COVID brought. But um, yeah, I think 2024 is going to be kind of a, import, a weirdly important year for them, not in the sense that Xbox is going to overtake them or anything like that. But, you know, if they come out, right, we don't know of any slated first-party games for 2024. If nope. the only thing that does come out is like Concord and and fair games or, or Concord and some interstitial or something like that, that's not, that's going to continue to feed those fears that some people are feeling right now, but it could also easily be alleviated by a showcase that goes, here's Bloodborne 2 right, uh, right. You know, or, yep. or whatever. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Right. Uh, and this is also the year, speaking of Sony, that we got the Last of Us television show. Remember that, John? January, we yeah. got the, we got one of the best shows we've seen in a, in a while, and definitely the best video game adaptation. It's yeah, it's the single best video game story cross media thing. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting what awards it wins next year, because you know, like the Emmys and the Oscars, it'll be for sure nominated for a bunch of stuff. And well, no Oscars, but oh. Know. We can't nominate TV shows in the Oscars. Oh, sorry. I'm, Come on. Come on. All right. Well, whatever <laughs> television it'll get, it'll get shows. The, it'll get the primetime Emmy noms. Yeah. yeah All so, those. So that that was very exciting. And, you know, again, that we got. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you could kind of say that is one of the better things that PlayStation did this year. Not only The Last of Us, but like. You know, depending on how your your uh, metrics are looking or what you're evaluating, you could argue Twisted Metal was a big success. I mean, that was Peacock's most watched show ever, I think. Um, Gran Turismo, never really heard anything bad about it. Never right. anything great either. But, right. you know, it does seem like PlayStation uh, Studios is, or Productions or whatever the the uh, TV movie right. <laughs> side <laughs> of things is, is, is doing pretty well. Yes. Yes, they are. And, uh, yeah, excited. You know, we get to wait till 2025, unfortunately, for... Uh, the television show to pick up season two, but I'm sure we'll get some good news and some teases in 2024. Yeah, who's that. Abby? That's all I want to know, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably Caitlin Devers, but, you know. Right. Let's see. <laughs> and then speaking of 2025, 2023 was also the year we got the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. Oh, I was yeah. about to see. Speaking of 2025, in 2020. Okay. Anyway, good. I, I'm getting, I'm picking up what you're laying down. This year we saw uh, the first trailer for arguably the biggest game in all of gaming. And it, as you heard us talk about in this show, it did not disappoint. No. You know, it was, it was great. So Yeah, I, I have a list of biggest individual moments written down. And that was, you know, probably some recency bias pl popping in. Yeah. But that was the number one thing I thought of was just how, how uh, that just suffocated the rest of the Internet for a week and kind of still continues to do so. So um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I, I wonder if Rockstar is going to talk about the game a lot more next year or if they're just going to just... Hey, here it is. Probably be eventually, at least a, close to another year yep. before they touch on that game again. I'm sure. Yep. All right. This is also the year that Microsoft purchased Activision Blizzard, galloped finally, <laughs> swallowed up another big publisher, uh, one of the biggest, and yeah, the repercussions of this are yet to be seen. But it it does seem that we saw with the Insomniac leak and a lot of uh, leaks that you know. Sony's a little concerned about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they are. Obviously, from a monetary standpoint, every single Call of Duty copy that gets sold on PlayStation Network, they get a 30% cut of. That's a ton of money for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. On the same side, if I was a Microsoft fan, which I'm not not a fan, I just don't care about their ecosystem, uh, that purchase would worry me a little bit. Just like 
68 billion. You know, the, I think Activision grosses about two billion in profit a year or something like that. So taking it's going to take forever to make up that money. Um, we got the worst reviewed Call of Duty of ever that came out this year. So the trending is downward. It just you know it, it seems like while it's a you know the biggest purchase in gaming history, there's I don't know if it's going to pan out the way that that they're hoping it to. I don't know. I oh, you know I, it's it's looking more and more like this whole entire purchase was the the crown jewel of it wasn't Call of Duty, but it was King Mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if if Microsoft tries to push this cloud initiative and play anywhere initiative, that's going to be a big piece of their their pie for sure. For sure, but yeah, that happened this year. Like, geez. And then again, speaking of Xbox, Xbox's big win this year was a third person rhythm action game that was shadow dropped, Hi Fi Rush. It was not Starfield or Redfall. Nope. <laughs> like, who would have thought? Who could have predicted that? <laughs> yeah, started off the year so strong with that. And then uh, I think, yeah, I think. Or Forza, I'm sorry, Forza as well. Forza as well, yep. Yeah, I, I think that was, you know, a lot of the discussion was like, oh, this is going to be Xbox's year, you know, mm-hmm. when when that game came out because it wasn't even expected and it was an 89 on Open Critic, something like that. Great yeah. game, I, I beat it. Um, but, uh, yeah, only kind of down downwards from there for them, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll definitely have to pick it up next year, so we'll, we'll see. But, you know, Hi-Fi Rush was definitely a positive of the year. Yeah, you should play it, Nick. Uh, eventually. Yep. <laughs> All right, and then the, yes, to speak of your bummer note, it's a lot of layoffs in the in, in the gaming industry this year. Uh, you know, especially in the live service market, as we lost Knockout City, Rumbleverse, Crossfire X, and then just a volatile uh, video a game industry where you can't fail. Um, you know, speaking of Immortals of Avium, as one of them is like you just if you come out and don't hit, it's Bye. over. Yep. You know. Uh, Lord of the Rings Golem is another one that just, you know, is just horrible and it's gone. You're gone. Gone. The developer's gone. Yeah. That um, was like a couple of days after I think they came out <laughs> that they announced that. Very similar to what was, what was that PC game that came out like two weeks ago that the day before or something? Yeah. Or something about tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. It Whatever. looks like The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah. That, that game that came out and then immediately the team was like, oh, we got to shut down yep. or change names or whatever they did. <laughs> oh, they shut the game down. That too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, again, it's as, as John pointed out, that the video game budgets are insane. You know, part of the Insomniac leak, we saw that Spider-Man 2 cost $300 million to make and had to sell just over $5 million to break even. Yeah, it's, it's the fastest selling PlayStation exclusive ever. And then they get like kind of communication from Sony that'd be like, you guys might want to lay off some people. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Are you kidding? Like, what? There, nobody's immune right now. And that's, that's yeah, like I said, that's the scary part of the industry right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's a little bit of a negative thing that's happening this year. And, and as we go into it, it's just, you know, one of the biggest years in gaming ever. And it still had this dark side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, another trend is horror games make a big return, especially survival action games. We saw it with two big remakes earlier in the year. Uh, Dead Space and Resident Evil 4, and then Alan Wake 2 as well in October. And two of those games got Game of the Year noms, Resident Evil 4 and Alan Wake 2. So, you know, if you're a horror fan, uh, you you ate pretty good, even if they were just remakes. They were really well-done remakes. Uh, John and I both enjoyed Dead Space and Resident Evil 4, Mm -hmm. and Alan Wake 2 is just incredible. So 
Yeah, yeah, I kind of have a little note that's, uh, you know, remakes continue to make a strong case for games living on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're done right, if they're done well, um, you know, it's... it's uh, I, I, I personally love them. I know there's some people out there that just want new experiences, and I get that. But seeing your favorite games with a completely new polish and completely... You know, in, in the case of Resident Evil 4, they even kind of rework some of, some of the things, um, you know, about the game. So um, I'm all for those. And uh, what do you think about the next next one we need, Nick, being Bioshock? What do you think about the next big remake? I'd be I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I think. that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I would I, I I kind of feel I've always wanted to go back and replay that game, um, but it's I don't. Every time I boot it up, I'm just like, eh. yeah. So yeah, it's it's just old enough. Like Xbox 360 games, I'm just I'm not willing to go back that far. Yeah. So to play them. Hopefully, we'll see something like that, but. Yeah, for sure. All right, and then my final thing is just this has been one of the arguably one of the best years in gaming overall. You know, there's always people that will go like, you know, this year is great. You know, 1998, best year ever in gaming. Uh, We saw that in 2018 as well. Just a lot of good games. 2015 was also a great year. 2007. 2007. Just a lot lot of these big gaming years, and now you can add 2023 to the list. Like. Mm -hmm. The amount of games over ninety, the amount of great games this year. There's just there was just too many to play. Yeah, this is the uh, you know it's not an indicator that it is in fact the best year, but this is the year with the most amount of games over ninety. It's got twenty five mm-hmm. over ninety, which wow. it looks like you know there's no number on it, but two thousand eleven weirdly enough had like twenty two or twenty three. So um, with even something like two thousand sixteen having eight. So. Yeah, there's a ton of really good things, and the variety in them also I think is is pretty cool. So there's right. a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, and that and that's that's all I got. If you can, if you had anything else to add, John, but about this year in games, um, the only other thing I would the two other things is I think you got to give a special, even though it's you know everywhere the last three months but a, a special special nod to Baldur's Gate 3 sure um really you know at the start of the year if you told anybody that Zelda wasn't going to just be a runaway game of the year winner, right <laughs> you know I think they would have called you crazy and f- when that game came out and the hype that it received and the attention that it captured from a wide you know it's it's kind of a niche game right a computer RPG you know you played it Nick right you mm-hmm. know that it's not a game that's easy to jump into in a game that you kind of have to be it's a game almost meant for hardcore gamers, and it seemed seemingly swept everybody's attention. So, and a sequel to like one of the biggest franchises in gaming, you know, that hasn't there hasn't been a release in twenty years. Yeah, and that leads me into my second point is that um, you know part of the reason that this is the best one of the best years ever is that the hype fucking delivered right when you think of all the games that we were waiting for this year whether it's tears of the kingdom how are you going to improve on breath of the wild well guess what they did it uh (laughs) alan wake 2 right blew the first one out of the water sea of stars was this hotly anticipated oh my god it's gorgeous but is it going to be great yeah guess what it is final fantasy 16 street fighter 6 the remake game spider-man 2 super mario wonder everything that we wanted to hit felt like it hit yeah, and um, there was the one exception. I think that's Redfall. I think that was the one Redfall, and you probably get a couple people that would say Starfield as well. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, just um, yeah. just while it wasn't a bad game, I don't think anybody's going to say it's a bad game. It just didn't innovate on the formula that people were hoping it, it was going to. Didn't live up to the standards of its predecessors. Yeah, so you know, I. I I thought of. I feel like I first really kind of had this thought when The Last of Us Two was being made. I was like, how do you? How do you? How do you? approach that like you know to to come across come after the impact that the last of us had in, in 
you know, I guess I just got to trust creatives a little bit more because, yep. <laughs> you know, they, they know what they're doing. And, um, you know, it just seems like these developers are just getting a little bit better at their craft, a little bit better at their craft. And, and, uh, and the, it shows in the reviews and in the games we play. So uh, that's all I got, though. Um, Perfect. Yeah, this is my. Oh, I do my theme of the year. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> there was a weird amount of horrible games too. Gollum, King Kong. Yeah, yeah, Walking Dead, but, yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, well, you know, this was our first full year of the podcast. So what a year to have your first full year is just like whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For sure. <laughs> for sure. And and again, as we get into the games that we completed this year, it's like, holy shit. Uh, so do you have your list, John? Do you have a list of every game you've completed this year so far? No? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can I can tell you this. Uh on Switch, uh, I beat Dave the Diver, and that is the only game I beat on switch this year I, okay. I played i've probably played about half of tears of the kingdom um but i haven't beaten that and then uh in terms of playstation games it's really yeah it's it's resident evil 4 dead space sea of stars final fantasy um spider-man 2 spider-man 2 cyberpunk elden ring neon white cuphead that might be about it i might be missing yeah, one sounds, or two that sounds about right yeah that's about <laughs> it so but i know you do and, and again, we're, the reason why I'm saying this is because how our game of the year works is it's a game you completed that year. So he can, John can uh, submit Cuphead because it's a game he completed this year. Mm-hmm. And again, we do that because, again, this is a side project for John and I. We, we're not industry insiders. We don't get codes for free. So the games we play, you know, come out of our own pocket. And then, you know, we're not, we can't play every game that came out this year. Though I tried very hard. I yeah, came did, very close. pretty good. Because uh, um, I actually completed 22 games this year. Uh, they are What Remains of Edith Finch, Dead Space, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Hogwarts Legacy, Norco, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores, Persona 5 Royal, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Undertale, Life is Strange True Colors, Resident Evil 4, Street Fighter 6, Final Fantasy 16, Sonic Mania, Sea of Stars, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, The Callisto Protocol, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, Gotham Knights, (laughs) and then some partial playthroughs of Baldur's Gate 3, Armored Core 6, and Diablo 4. Nice. Quite a list. Quite a list, man. Fuck. (laughs) You did it. I did. I did. So any of those games can be in in any of my categories. So Yeah. Um, Every game that I said is takes up all of the nominations. Oh, there's one nom- I have partly played through Hogwarts Legacy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's uh <laughs> But everything else, yeah, it'll be it'll be something from those games I listed. Um but yeah. Not um, just this year. How do you feel a little bit of a diversion before we get into the war- or awards themselves? Mm-hmm. Uh how do you still feel about PlayStation Plus Extra? Uh, <laughs> uh you, that's all you said uh, you said all you had to. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's an incredible value for people who are not really as invested as we are. Right, and Because right. uh, it is just, more expensive now. I, and I, ju- I simply do not have the time. Right. Like, I just, I wish, I wish to hell I did, but I, would, I am lying to myself if I, if I even tried. So, no, I, I don't think I will be uh, re-upping my subscription now that it's, what, 140 It's a yeah. lot now. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I don't think I will, but... Um, yeah, that's I, just a product of being a dad with three kids. 
and win with the most hours played, but we won't, we won't bring yeah, that well, up. Yeah, yeah. Because I only beat five games this year that were on that service, and that is way too low. Which were the five? Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch. Okay, you can get that for like six Life bucks. Life Strange True Colors. Yeah, you don't need to play that. Sea of Stars, mm. The Callisto Protocol, and Gotham Knights? Or was that... The, I think Gotham Knights was yeah, an it, extra it was, game. Yeah, it was. And Callisto Protocol might not have been either. I think that, I think that was sense. essential. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, and like, you know, no shade to those games, especially Sea of Stars, but you would have bought that regardless. But those aren't even, those are probably on the bottom edge of the list right. you read off, right? Like, <laughs> right. you played those just because they were there. Yeah, because I could, because they were part of the service. But, uh, which I do like. I do like the idea of, like, trying games I don't, I wouldn't normally pay for, because I wouldn't pay for Gotham Knights. I just was like, oh, it's there. I'll just try it. And I was like, all right, I'll see this through. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, I mean, it but is. It's not worth the price now. I'll be sad if I don't have it, because, you know, even playing something like power wash simulator right i was playing that the other day just because i wanted to turn my brain off and it was weirdly cathartic but like i, I, I but again I, that's I, an essential game too oh sweet i get to keep that then <laughs> i don't know but yeah it's just um i don't know it's it's not for for me probably no no me neither they they really need to do especially when xbox starts really firing on the first party games is they gotta they gotta pony up and get more and more day and date games and i think we got what chia and sea of stars humanity humanity yeah um yeah i think that's it yeah but also do they because uh <laughs> you know if xbox or if ps5 is selling outselling a series the xbox series series three to one and there's three to one as many xbox series s's out there as x's so nine to one effectively ps5 to xbox series x's i don't know do you <laughs> true true but but i you don't let up that's yeah that's, for sure <laughs> yeah you don't 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 start giving out just pure garbage and i don't think they will i think publishers and developers like playstation they like having their games on their platforms they like the exposure um right. but yeah just make sure it's all about finding the right games for sure but mm -hmm. it, getting more of the games like chia humanity the ones we mentioned yeah more games like that on there would definitely be a big a big win i'm not expecting you know the yeah. next first party exclusive to be on here but well i know like playstation has some sort of initiative ongoing in china and i believe they just started some initiative in india as well to get some developers like some funds and stuff to make games for them so yeah i mean those are you know if a lot of those turn out to be good and like that's the perfect kind of game to, to throw on there um but yeah I mean, it's, it's like I said, man, if you are just getting into back into gaming or you have young kids, just get them extra. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's just, true. Just get them extra. It's, true. It, at least start there and right. then you can make a decision later. But for sure. Yeah. The, the values there, I think just the way John and I play games, it's not. I mean, Colin Moriarty of Sacred Symbols, who I bring up every single podcast, uh, mm -hmm. he, do, he doesn't, he doesn't use it either. He's just, you just reach, I feel like you reach a level that we're at and it's just like, ah. I'm going to buy the things I want. Yeah, you're not going back as much. And yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So so that's kind of that's kind of it. That's our list of games. So, John, are you ready to go into our categories? So ready. I love it. This is I love this type of shit, dude. I love lists. <laughs> I love uh, propping things out. I love annoying you with having honorable mentions and things. It's, yeah, it's all great. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't like great. to do that. Okay. <laughs> so, this is how it's going to work. We'll we'll take turns between you, me, and the listeners. So, we'll we'll have you go first for best moment of the podcast. All right. So 
this is the one category that I didn't just have like a whole bunch of things vomited out. But <laughs> uh, when I think back of the year, you know, obviously a lot of a lot of fun moments, a lot of uh, you know <laughs> breakdowns of uh, award shows that we were probably down on most of the time, or showcases, things yeah. like that. But when I think of my favorite moments, I really, really have always loved reoccurring segments, and so. Uh, honorable mention to the PlayStation Pals top 50 games of all time. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, yep. You know, like I just said, I love lists. I love um, seeing not only the games that people are actively playing, but what are the games that people uh, truly, truly hold in high regard and kind of going back and maybe experiencing some of those games. So I had a lot of fun doing that myself. But I got to say, man, I'm having a ton of fun doing the Battle Royale. The Battle Royale has been, I think... A great way for us to vary the type of uh, um, type of content that we do, have uh, audience engagement a lot more. Sure. You know, we're getting votes on Twitter, we're getting emails in from people. Um, we were able to have fun with it and talk about our favorite characters as well. Um, so I, I got to give uh, the 2023 play best moment of the podcast to the battle royale segment of the show. Okay, okay. Anyone in particular, or just all of them? Um. I mean, I don't know. Anyone in particular, for some reason, when I think back on it, I, I think of me getting really uh, loud and obnoxious for Master Chief, even though he lost to Crash <laughs> Bandicoot. Um, but no, I, I only have probably one that I'm, I'm saddened by, and that's the one that I believe it was Jesse. It was Jesse or Mark wrote in about my shameful defending of 2B, even though she won. Uh, um, I got yeah, to do better for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, no, no, I just, just, just arguing with you is always fun. Yeah, I, I think I think the highlight out of out of uh, that is not in my three best moments, but uh, definitely you taking down Mario with Shovel Knight was was impressive. That's true. Yeah, and he that didn't really get a vote, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was something else. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm burying you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so my three top moments of the show. Uh, the very first one is one of my favorite parts of doing this show is clowning on John, <laughs> like always, like catching him off guard or you yeah. know making fun of things that he does. So when he started playing the Xbox One, I knew I had to change the show in some way, to the clown on the fact that he is. Um, famously, he was gone for a while, and when he told me he bought a Series X, I bought him an Xbox T-shirt. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> not to say that he was a big Xbox fan now. Well, and not only did you buy a, a T-shirt, you got a cardboard cutout of, <laughs> I, was it me? Was yeah. it a fa my face? Yeah. Like a cardboard cutout, and then he dressed the cardboard cutout <laughs> with the Xbox shirt like I was in the office this whole time. Because was, it was during when I uh, was on paternity leave. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jackass. So, so of course, yeah. When he, when he's, when he's playing Xbox, and I got the idea to convert the show, you know, PlayStation Pals to Xbox Chums, that was great. And then when I took it a step further, where I was like, oh, you know, I could change the clip to an Xbox game, and then oh, our startup sound, we our our intro music mm -hmm. is the PlayStation boot up sound. I'll change that to the Xbox boot up sound, which I had never heard before. Uh, before Isn't it that, just moment. like a beep. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that was great. Uh, the other segments are, I like the DEF CON level. That is, that is one of my faves that we keep bringing back. That's going to be coming back early next year. Yeah, because, you know, in the video game industry, there's always this tension, right? Like you, like, will Sony have a showcase or when is this going to happen? You know, all the people that love Grand Theft Auto, right? Like they're, like, they're always all these YouTubers and all these, uh, 
personalities are just building on that tension, just fe feeding off everyone. They just are starving for Grand Theft Auto 6 information. And which we called accurately, the DEF CON 1 for Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer was exactly accurate. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, it was. <laughs> you know, so I, that's a segment I love and a segment that will always be on the show is what, what we think is, you know, and we're not always right, of course, but, you know, just talk about that excitement level that people that listen to this podcast, people that follow the industry, you know, you get sucked up in sometimes. So great mm -hmm. segment. And then my final uh, best moment I wanted to highlight is the Last of Us television show bonus episode that John and I did. Uh, again, one of the best shows of the year. And just I went back and I listened to that episode and I was like, wow, like we have some great points. We really know The Last of Us really well. And, you know, talking about, you know, what is it? Long, long road is the. Yeah. A long, long time. Long, long time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I should go back and just watch just even that episode. Right. It's its own little story anyway. <laughs> and just uh, a lot of good takes by John and I and a lot of good like previews as to what's to come and what we were hoping for. So just a, just a great episode of the show overall. But uh, I got to give it to Xbox Chums, you know. That was just <laughs> that was just a great moment, you know, to, to bring it the first time and then to bring it back again. Just good stuff. I'll never get tired of uh, clowning on John. <laughs> clowning on John. And then we do have two listeners that wrote in, Nick and Jesse. Nick also chose Xbox Chums, and then Jesse chose Battle Royale. So uh, hey, <laughs> nice, good. So again, we're in yeah. tune with our audience. <laughs> It's important. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the next topic, and that's best level. I'll start this one. Okay. Uh, again, three candidates. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one, of course, is initiation for We Sing from Alan Wake 2. Uh, this is a level in which you play through a music video of the Herald of Darkness. Um, <laughs> John's doing the dance right now, but, uh, yeah, a common theme that we've kind of come up with the last few weeks of, about video games is like being surprised, you know, John and I have been playing video games for oh so long. So when a video game surprises you, you got, you got to get into it. Uh, so, you know, this whole segment where you play through a music video and just, it's just great. Just Alan Wake 2 is great. And this is, uh, the best level in the game by far because you're, you don't see that coming. Yeah, and I, I, I like um, hearing Sam Lake talk about how they were inspired by everything, everywhere, all at once <laughs> with that because they were just, I think when they were conceptualizing that segment, I think they were a little nervous about it, right? right. Obviously, you would yeah. be like, what are we doing? This is weird. Right. Are the, is the audience going to be receptive to it? Is it going to take them out of the, out of the, the experience? And uh, universally, a universal acclaim. You know, I yeah. think as soon as Alan Wake came out, I saw an IGN article about like, Alan Wake just did the best 15 minutes of gaming in decades or something. <laughs> right. like, oh, what? <laughs> so, good Yeah, choice. it's very similar to like the ashtray maze and control. Yep. Um, that, that was uh, my... What, well, we didn't do this category last year, but if, if and also I didn't play Control last year, but that would have won my best level. Uh, yeah, yeah. The year so, it came out. so the build on that is great. Um, my next uh, candidate is Make Your Own Choices from Marvel Spider-Man Two. I've talked about this before. This is the Black Cat mission uh, where Miles Morales is charged with trying to locate Black Cat as Craven's forces hunt her down, and she sneaks into Doctor Strange's house. And comes out with a wand that makes portals, and what happens next is one my favorite mission in the whole game, in which you're going through portals a lot, a lot like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. You're going through Antarctica. She's summoning car, summoning cars that are you're trying to dodge, and then it ends with a battle with you and her fighting together, going through portals. It's just it's just great. Again, another great surprise uh, to a game that you know we 
you know, we've played two games previously with between Miles Morales and Spider-Man one that, that just loved it. It was great. Mm -hmm. and, and was no, that three? No, that was not. Okay. Well, like you're just gonna do <laughs> I'm always two. looking, I'm always looking at you for a uh, boondoggle. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't have a boondoggle for that Okay. One. And then my final best level is Nova Garen, which is from Star Wars Jedi Survivor. This is a ISB base, uh, Imperial base. And again, one of the best parts of the Je Star Wars Jedi series is going to, you know, locales. And, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite levels in the, the first game was a, a fallen Star Destroyer that you had to try and make your way through. Uh, this is just an Imperial base. And again, it looks like every, anything out of Star Wars and the Imperials, but it was set on like an asteroid and it's, it's just a cool location and a cool level to explore. And yeah, you, you, you fuck up a lot of stormtroopers, but Sweet. it's fun. It's a good mission. All right. You going over your winner or you want me to do mine? Yeah, we knew my winner. Okay. It's We Sing, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way that doesn't win for you. No way. Yeah. So congratulations, Alan Wake 2. Perfect. Phenomenal. All right. So for my three, um, we're going to start with a game that I've talked about nonstop this year, Neon White. Oh, okay. um, You know, this is a game with 98 missions, right? And a lot of these take five seconds, 10, 12 seconds, you know? So it's really hard to isolate any of those and to be like, oh, this one was great. But towards the end of the game, uh, when you get arguably the coolest weapon ever. Oh, uh, okay. So the one I didn't see. Yep, the one you didn't <laughs> see. Uh, there is a level called Marathon, which is, um, it takes about two and a half minutes to get through. And it's nonstop, go, 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 go. I'll talk more about why uh, the weapon that you have in this level later when we get to best weapon. Oh, okay. Uh, makes it so much fun. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's everything peak about that game, just kind of... Uh, you know, extrapolate it out a little bit more because if there's one thing that that game doesn't do, it's let me play it like for longer periods of time, right? Instead mm -hmm. of just these little short, short bursts. So uh, shout out to Marathon. Um, and then for my second one, uh, even though this game came out last year as well, uh, I did play Elden Ring for the first time this year. Um, so Mikella's Halig Tree, which is uh, end of the game type area. It's where you famously fight Millennia. Um, you kind of climbing up the, these big wide branches through this gross looking tree, making your way to the top canopy, getting into the tree. And obviously that's where you're going to end up fighting millennia. So it's, it's a little bit large for a quote unquote level, but um, you know, that's, that's definitely one of the highlights of that game. Uh, and then my last one, uh, is also from Spider-Man 2, but not the not the mission you chose. Mm. Uh, it's the very first mission of the game, Surface, no. t surface Tension. Um, I think it's a combination of being so excited for this game to come out, being so excited that I get to experience this game with my son. Uh, the music choice swing uh, that we've shown on this podcast is a fucking hype-ass song that you're just, you're ready to go. You're ready to be Peter and Miles, and you, you just jump right into it, swinging through the city, mm. seeing the big st sand cloud in the distance, finally getting into the sand cloud, seeing Sandman be huge, the fight's cool um it's just really really set the tone for the game uh and i was smiling the entire time yeah um and my ranking because i did plat sil gold and silver for all of these so uh <laughs> the winner is surface tension from spider-man 2 that was okay. my favorite level of the uh of the year then mckellis halig tree and marathon from neon white coming in third okay okay yeah the sandman's a tricky one because he's, he's kind of a boss fight as well but I, I, will, I will accept both for sure. Yeah. Because like, there is more to it than just a, a life bar and you're just hanging yeah, it's, out. Yeah, it's an introduction to the game, right? right. You're, you're, you're getting to see the wingsuit, right, immediately, yeah. which is like, oh, sweet, it's already right, right here. Um, so, yeah. All right. 
So our listeners wrote in from Nick. We got Autumn Hills from Sea of Stars. Because not only is the pixel art fantastic, but it is almost a one-to-one of the messenger level, but in an isometric 3D space. Great choice. And then Jesse said, the ashtray maze, which we just mentioned from nice. Control. He said, with old guards of old gods of Asgard running behind through it, it is an unforgettable level. And hell yes, it is. Yeah, so. the ashtray's maze, ashtray maze is dope. Yes. <laughs> All right, John, do you want to take it with best music? Sure, sure. So, um, I mean, this when I was make, when we were making these lists, it really is just this is such an all time year because I feel like any one of these could have won <laughs> and they would have won last year. Uh, but you know, I don't remember what I nominated, so we'll, we'll hold that. But, um, tears of the kingdom is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is incredible from t- everything I've played of it. I just, I couldn't have it on a lot of this because I didn't see the end of it. But one thing I did get a very good feel for was the music, whether it's the blood moon rising and it getting kind of a very creepy vibe, uh, with the music as like these strings and like horary sounds kind of take effect or just, you know, the intro scene when you're, uh, you know, flying through the sky and all the just crazy amount of orchestral music is, is uh, rising. It's just very, very special. Got to give a shout out to that. Sea of Stars. Um, I really should have wrote down the composer's name. Maybe you Eric have Eric W. Brown, and that's a boondoggle. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> sea of Stars, uh, you know, you knew that the music was going to be good because also it had the composer from Chrono Trigger assisting as well. Yashinori Matsuda, maybe? Yeah, that sounds Something right. close to that. Um, but, you know... It's easy, easy, it's not easy to make, you know, orchestral music sound good, but I feel like there's an extra level of challenge when it comes to making it sound 16-bit, Super Nintendo era-esque, and they were able to make it beautiful, um, climactic, everything you needed it to be um, throughout that game, Uh, so super, super good, but the winner... And maybe I should get a more of a better cadence for how I do these. <laughs> but um, my winner is Final Fantasy 16. Um, the Soken system, uh, named after the composer of the music, which is a kind of programmable system in the game that works with where you're at in a fight or where you're at in a moment or whatever it is so that the music crescendos and decrescendos at the right moments. And I'll never forget the Bahamut fight where the music is obviously just as epic as you can possibly imagine, and you're fighting in outer space, which is blowing my mind, and then you, <laughs> you land that final strike through Bahamut, and like right as you're charging and accelerating towards him, it's like building, 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 and you strike through, and it's like, and it's just like, it's just perfect timing, really, you know, got me, got, gave me goosebumps. Uh, so the platinum goes to Final Fantasy 16, gold for Sea of Stars, and silver for Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. So Final Fantasy 16 is also on my list as well with Sea of Stars. So that's we've got double boondoggles on best music. But uh, the one you don't have, and it's got to be on the list, is uh, Persona 5 Royal from (laughs) Shoji Maguro. And, of course, Lin. She's so good. That that whole soundtrack is great. And, you know, when Rivers in the Desert plays during that boss fight, that is just like the right moment Mm -hmm. with the right boss and just... Yeah, so it good. gives you that I'm not trapped in here with you, you're trapped in here with me kind of feel. <laughs> yeah, in in exactly. as much of a teenage Japanese uh, game RPG game can do. Yeah. <laughs> and then my winner also is Final Fantasy 16. Again, a great orchestral soundtrack. You know, it won Best Music at the Game Awards, and rightfully so. It's just, it's just wild how good it is. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's it's very rememberable and i just wish it was all on spotify but that's me that's everybody yeah (laughs) it's not just you stupid Um, is what that is uh nick wrote in he said sea of stars so obviously good choice and then jesse wrote in with lies of p which i also heard has a good soundtrack so so another little little asterisk on me needing to play that game yes (laughs) all right so let's move on to best indie uh, my first candidate for this, and I didn't play very many indie games, unfortunately. This but, is my neck of the woods. But I, I, bet, I bet John and I could accurately predict each other's best indie. <laughs> like the winner? Yeah, the winner. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my first candidate, of course, is Sea of Stars from Sabotage Studios. Again, a game that I didn't think to fall in love with, and I did. I mean, it pulled me away from Baldur's Gate 3, uh, which is which is so impressive, considering again we said about the impact of that game, that I just I consumed Sea of Stars all through Labor Day weekend, like it was just day in and day out, just eight hour sessions, and you know it's it's very special games do that for you, you know. Uh, next up is What Remains of Edith Finch, the first game I beat this year from Giant Sparrow. I am not going to go into what it is; just two hours, play it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then my final candidate, which was a kind of an experimental game that John and I both played uh, and we both could not explain at all, and that is Norco from Geography of Robots. Remember playing Norco? A little bit. You, did you, <laughs> I, that was another one you beat, right? I beat it, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't platinum it like you, yeah. um, but I did beat it, yes. Yeah. And what happens? I don't know. <laughs> I think you go to space. Doesn't there like a ship that takes off or something? Yeah, yeah. There's a ship that takes off, but uh, yeah. <laughs> depending on your choices, is whether or not it goes anywhere. Yeah, that might be my most conflicted game of the year. If that was like a, a category <laughs> yeah. where I liked a lot about it, but it, I left it just feeling kind of meh. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 okay. It's a very um, adventure game, like sure. you know. So. If you like those types of games, you might get into this, and it's cyberpunk vibe. Another short one. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, of course, my winner is Sea of Stars from Sabotage Studios. Just awesome. Just all around. Pixel art, music, gameplay, characters. You know, it, it brings up that 16-bit nostalgia we have we haven't had in quite a while since, you know, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI. Just amazing. Yeah. And why won Best Indie at the Game Awards as well. So Sure, sure. Um, shocker. I also have Sea of Stars on my list. Yep. Um, Boondoggle. Don't really know what else I need to say. Um, <laughs> Dave the Diver is my next game. Um, this game is probably my most surprising game of the year. I knew I knew I wanted to play it when I saw it got a 90, right? I was like, okay, that's, yep. I'm suckered in. What, what, <laughs> what does this game have to offer? Uh, and so I was real pumped when it was coming to Switch. And... You know, I played this game for probably 40, 45 hours, and I enjoyed every single minute of it. There has been very few games in my life that have the level of of surprises and just gameplay, innovative gameplay that just continues to evolve every single, seemingly every single 20 minutes you're playing, right? You're, you're going on these roguelike loop dives where you're, you're spending the mornings and the afternoons going into the water, collecting fish, doing some missions, bringing it back up to your boat, spending the nights making sushi. And that's kind of what I thought the whole loop was going to be. But as you just progress through, there's seven main chapters of the game. Every single chapter is adding uh, a wide, just 
a, a whole gameplay system that you weren't really expecting, whether it's having a, a, a growing farm where you can grow your own rice and vegetables for the sushi, or you have a chicken coop and you can collect the eggs, or you know you get through what you think is the bottom of the ocean, and then, nope, that's like the halfway mark, and here's this sea people village that is equipped with its own stores and its own missions. And its own, <laughs> it's got its own currency. And then that just kind of... It just it just doesn't stop for forty hours, and uh, I really really hope that they bring it to PlayStation. I will play it again. I, I was going to ask I, this. I question. will play it again. I because it's it's definitely a type of game. If they do the trophy system right, it would be a very enjoyable trophy. Okay. Uh, as long as I don't have to collect every type of fish, which it probably would, and that'd be kind of annoying. But uh, awesome, awesome game. Love Dave the Diver. And then uh, last game on the list came out last year. Shocker to nobody. Neon White. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm not even going to say more about it. Cause, yeah, my indie game of the year last year. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> very special game to me. So the Platinum goes to Neon White. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, it's a very special game to me. Uh, the gold goes to Dave the Diver and silver to Sea of Stars. Yeah. I, That's I'm, no shade to Sea of Stars. They All three of those are tens to me. I'm just wondering if there's a future with Neon White in some form. Maybe <sighs> God, n- another game or at least some kind of anime project i just i feel like it's so ripe for it to be an anime, anime would work but i want to play like right i, no, I, know, you play I know you do i know you do so <laughs> and it's it's like you know i think ben esposito is the name of the guy who it's kind of his baby i know he got he didn't solo it but right. it's the same guy who made donut county of all games right um you really just need to the story's wrapped up you don't need to do anything crazy just give me more level packs like it's yeah. it's a level <laughs> pack game um and that'd be fine honestly okay yeah it will be interesting if, again, if there's any more of a future for that franchise. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jesse wrote in with Stardew Valley, also a very good game, but you know, a game that came out quite a while ago. That game's pretty long in the tooth, but but cool that you got well, to I it this year. I want you to guess a year. I'm just because I, I don't I don't know either. I'm gonna guess 2016. I'm gonna guess. I was gonna guess 2014. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> 2016. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay. And then Nick wrote in with Vampire Survivors. Again, another big indie game. That beat Sea of Stars. Holy cow. I know how much he loves Sea of Stars. I also <laughs> yeah. know how much he loves Vampire Survivors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so pretty, pretty cool. All right, John, we're moving on to Best Weapon. Love it. All right, Best Weapon. Um, first up, and this might be a little bit of asterisk, but I'm going to see if the, the panel allows it. I'm going with the Venom powers from Spider-Man 2. <laughs> um, I know it's, it's a wide array of things you can do, but it's a power fantasy that we've all wanted, you know, playing mm-hmm. as a, a agile, crazy ninja man, Spider-Man dude, but with the, the heft and, uh, craziness that, strength that venom powers add so the moment you get those and you start to just like throw your arms out at people and do all sorts of you know your this big goopy ball that can fly through the air or whatever <laughs> uh it's just really 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 fun feeling um so does the panel allow that as an answer yeah i do allow that okay good uh for my second choice uh the the weapon that carried me through my entire run of elden ring uh the moonvale katana 
What a mm-hmm. weapon. Um, you know, some may say it kind of makes the game almost on easy mode, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, it was still plenty hard for me. But, you know, having a, a katana that let me do my fast strikes because I've always hated heavy feeling weapons in any game like this. I don't want a big hammer or a big axe or anything like that. But it allowed me to kind of do some ranged attacks with its special that, that it had. Uh, really, really loved it. And then, as I mentioned earlier in the game, the Book of Life from Neon White. So you spend the entire game... Right, going through neon white, having pistols and SMGs and rocket launchers and rifles and shotguns, and they all do their own different movement mechanic when you discard them, and that is incredible amounts of fun in and of itself. But then you get to the end of the game and you get the Book of Life. And what the Book of Life does is if you just have anything in your crosshairs, you're going to basically teleport to it. So uh, one of the reasons that neon white is so special to me is that the level design is incredibly incredibly well thought out around these mechanics and there's a there's a path that you're supposed to take you can look at a level and go okay i go here then i go here then i go here then i go here but where the game truly shines and when it becomes really special is when you can break that game open and mm-hmm. the first time you break that game open is when you i think really when you get the rocket launcher yeah, what the rocket launcher allows you to do <laughs> is you can rocket jump right so you can shoot at your feet up walls it's got a zip line mechanic when you discard it so you can kind of just zip line to anything you want and it allows you to kind of like oh that's the path but can i just go up the side of this building and yeah you fucking can yeah and it allows you to break times open well the book of life does that but times like 10 and so when i was speaking of that marathon level earlier yeah there's a path right and it takes two and a half minutes to get through uh my son's record on that level though is like 18 seconds because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you could just like if you if you can fine tune that aiming to such a degree that you can see the enemy way in the fucking right. distance, you just teleport to it, and so it allows you to just go super satisfying, amazing. Love love the feel of that, uh, and so my platinum goes to the Book of Life yeah. from Neon White. Uh, just you know, pure pure like it's. We've all felt we've, it feels like a cheat code, a modern day cheat code, right. you know, and and that's always a good feeling. So platinum for Book of Life. Uh, Moonvale Katana gets gold and the Venom Powers get silver for me. Okay. Yeah. Good good choices. And yeah, the neon white strength, man. When you got that rocket launcher, you're like you said, yeah, I remember just, you, mine just expanded. Yeah, you you came into work like... Yeah, I didn't want to did tell John it? about it. I was like, what? He's like, ah, I can't say anything. So. All right. So let's go to my best weapons. Uh, the first one is the Titan Icon from Final Fantasy 16. That is my favorite icon in the game. Uh, because it makes it really builds on that power fantasy that I like to feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when you perfect, perfectly time a block with a Titan icon, you kind of like open them up for like parry attacks, and it just feels good. Like you're wielding giant stone fist, and it just oh, it feels so good. And just mm-hmm. all the moves feel like that. They just have a giant weight to them mm-hmm. that it's like like that quote you just said <laughs> about being in the you're not in the. You're not, I'm, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're, <laughs> You're trapped, trapped in here yeah, with me. Exactly. Thank you. Yep. That, 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 that really made me made me feel like that. The Doom Guy like, Creed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, out of and that game had so many icons, but and it was hard to choose between that and Ifrit. But uh, Titan Icon uh, gets the gets the win there for me. Uh, next up, gets I have the a, win or gets the nom. Nom. Okay. okay. Uh, out of all the ones in Final Fantasy Six. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, Next up, I have the lightsabers slash pistol stance from Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, there are multiple stances in uh, Jedi Survivor, including you know the Darth Maul, uh, one giant bow staff uh, lightsaber, or you can dual wield lightsabers, or you can have the um, the uh, lightsaber with a giant hilt, like uh, what's his face? Oh man, I should know this mm. from the sequel trilogy. 
Kylo? Yeah, Kylo Ren. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, really I'm tired. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this energy drink is not working. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that Kylo Ren has. But the, the lightsaber pistol stance just felt the best because it was a good uh, mix of a long range and uh, close range combat, including if you if an enemy attacked you and you perfectly tri- timed triangle, you would do like a quick draw a laser blast up close for like massive damage. Most of the time it would kill them. And that was just, that was so satisfying. I, I ran through it the whole game the second I got it. So nice. it felt great. And then finally, it's a return of a very old weapon, but iconic. And that is the plasma cutter from dead space. Good choice. Got to, got to use it again this year with the remake and just as satisfying as ever. You know, the, the idea of um, angling your shots either vertically or horizontally to cut off the limbs of necromorphs. It's just always a great feeling and that's always like the first weapon that I have to upgrade fully because it's the most satisfying. I saw a list the other day of uh, what is the greatest starting weapon in video game history and it was a lot of that. Yeah. As uh, A lot of that and a lot of the pistol from Halo. Those were like yeah, kind of, those were yeah. kind of like the two, yeah. two that dominated but I think Plasma Cutter has the edge. Yeah. Great weapon. Yeah. And there's a trophy for being the whole game with it. Just with that's it. That's true. That's true. So they know how awesome it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give the win to the lightsaber slash pistol combo from Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Like I said, it just it just felt great. And to use one stance the whole game, yep. uh, you know, that's just can't beat that. It's your Moonvale Katana. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just felt the best. All right. So I'm, I'm going to quiz John on uh, what Nick wrote in. So he his his best weapon is from Astral Ascent. Are you familiar with Ye Yali's? Yeah, Yali's, yeah. The little, okay. like, little fox catty guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cute. Tiny cat creatures that spawn and fire <coughs> off random abilities on the screen. Lasers, ice shards that ricochet, etc. Adorable and super strong. Yeah, Astral Ascent is a game that was... Uh, I'm, I'm actively playing it now, so I felt bad putting it on this list. But uh, if I beat it, it, it could like retroactively make some lists. But you know, I couldn't do it for, for, okay. for today. All right. And then I think Jesse is bringing back a boondoggle from last year, and that is the drop near spear from God mm. of War Ragnarok. Nice. Uh, yeah, that that's incredible. I'm so excited when John and I get our hands on Valhalla to, to use that weapon again. Yeah, that's that's a, speaking of my you know when I was like how, how do how do creatives you know iterate on things that are amazing and I'm like they're not gonna make a weapon that I'm gonna want to use over the <laughs> Leviathan axe no way and you know. Fool me twice, I guess, or whatever phrases are. But yeah, just throwing that thing nonstop. Because, <laughs> right, it's like you got a ring. Yeah, and it, it, generates, like, it generates out the ring or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're just constantly peppering those things all over the battlefield and felt great up close, too. So, good one. Yeah, and it wasn't Thor's hammer, which we all thought the, the extra weapon was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm surprised. That seems like something they could have added into Valhalla. I'm surprised. I mean, unless it fits some crazy. It could be scene. in there, but we I haven't I seen it. But would I would have. I maybe. <laughs> it, we've avoided spoilers on that, but but uh, he did also do a special shout out to the service weapon and weapon building system in Liza P. He said it's okay. very good. So damn it, Jesse, I don't need more <laughs> games to play. Cool. All right, so we're gonna move on to best boss fight. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna start with the lizard from Spider Man Two. Uh, we talked about that in our bonus episode as our favorite, as my favorite. I I don't know if it was your favorite. Uh. No, I mean, I like I said, for some reason, Sandman is just what I I, I love. I love the Sandman. Like, just, and it's, yeah, like, go ahead. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Uh, and this is gonna come up again. But I also like I like boss fights that just aren't arena fights that kind of have multiple f- 
I mean, I don't like multiple phases in boss fights technically, but if the other phases are other mechanics and when they involve, you know, Spider-Man swinging through New York uh, to continue that boss fight, I'm all for it. Yeah. So that's why I really like this boss fight. It's like starts one place, goes another place, and then goes into another fight, and just just great overall to keep the the fight interesting. Uh, my second candidate is, is a fight that you just mentioned uh, in your best music category, and that is the Bahamut fight from Final Fantasy 16. Uh, there are a lot of great icon battles in that game. You could you could choose any of them. That's it's a boondoggle. I, I thought as that's much. But as John mentioned, fighting Bahamut in space. Uh, with Phoenix and if it just just great and it had to it had to outdo the uh, Titan fight which was batshit insane mm-hmm. and they somehow did it yeah <laughs> and uh, my next best boss fight is from Star Wars Jedi Survivor I do want to give a special shout out to Rick the door technician from Jedi Survivor <laughs> what is this a fight <laughs> yes it is I gotta uh, look this up right now <laughs> Uh, it's a fight where you go, you're walking down a hall and a door opens and Rick, the door technician comes through. He's just a standard soldier. Uh, every boss fight in that game gets a big, long health bar at the top of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he gets a big, long health bar, but he dies in one shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he happens. was running at me and I was using my lightsaber slash pistol stance. I want, I just pistoled him and he fell to the ground and I was like, and then it's like, you know, Kind of like Dark Souls, you know, when you beat a big boss. <laughs> that uh, I'm just watching it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's better with audio because he's funny too. But uh, <laughs> is he is he is he pompous? Like I'm gonna kick your yeah, ass. Huh? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so a special shout out to that that boss fight in that game. But my actual favorite boss fight from that game is the Empire Drill fight. Again, this is a boss fight that is not your typical health bar boss fight. It's kind of a. a Kind of like a Ratchet and Clank fight. It's kind of like got like a lot of platforming. It involves. Um, it looks like a, a creature out of Horizon. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, but this is kind of like a, a great moment between uh, Cal, the, who you play in the game, the Jedi, and and Mirren, who has been kind of his pseudo love interest since the end of the the first game. And it has a, yeah, it has a great it has a great moment where uh, she's like, "Do you trust me?" And he's like, are they going to ride a magic carpet? (laughs) And, and, you know, she's like, do you trust me? And he's like, yeah. And then she kisses him during this fight. And he's like, what was that for luck? And she's like, no, it was for me. And then you continue to fight and and beat him. It was just the, it's just a great sequence. The the platforming is great. Using Mirren's abilities to teleport around the world is wild. Um, This is one of those boss fights that at the end I had to clap. Oh, uh, because I was just like, wow. I, that again, to be surprised and to, to have a moment like that in that game, just phenomenal. Very so, nice. Very so nice. That makes the list as well. But it cannot beat the Bahamut fight from Final Fantasy 16. That is just crazy space battle between Final Fantasy summons, you know, these these icons of the Final Fantasy world, and there's nothing quite like it. So Very that, nice. that Very wins nice. for me. All right. Well, for me, uh, just before I get into it, so an asterisk, uh, I beat Radon from Elden Ring last year, technically. <laughs> so he's not on my list, but if, you know, if it was, he's probably my favorite fight in that game. Uh, and then just a little asterisk for Millennia as well. I know a lot of people view her as the best fight in Elden Ring, but I'm not one of those guys that just loves the best, like whatever the best, hardest boss is automatically becomes the best fight. That's not oh, what I like. It was weird. really cool. She sprouts her her wings and all that stuff, but I think the waterfall dance is fucking bullshit. And uh, <laughs> so a great fight, but it doesn't make my list. But from that game, what does make my list, and I didn't fight last year, was 
Malaketh, which is one of the, uh, I think it's the boss fight you fight right before Millennia uh, of the Black Blade, who's like kind of, you start the fight and it's got a big cloak over it. It's, it's the seemingly big monster hunchback looking thing. You don't quite know what it is. Uh, in true Dark Souls slash Soulsborne fashion, you get to the halfway point, uh, you get a little cutscene, um, and all of a sudden it stabs this big medallion on his ha hand. Cloak gets shed off, becomes this big, fast, agile wolf creature oh, thing okay. uh, with badass music, badass <laughs> everything involved. I thought it was a great fight as well. So um, Malaketh gets the nomination from Elden Ring. Uh, I already mentioned Boondoggle with Bahamut from FF16. Uh, I thought that fight was spectacular from front to back. And then my last nomination also from Final Fantasy 16 is the Titan fight. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there's any rules against having two from the same game, uh, but that that was also incredible. Um, you know, it, it's it's amazing when you start off fighting Titan kind of in this one-on-one -on -one arena as uh, Ifrit, right? But then you get thrown from the arena seemingly miles away and then you start running towards the titan with some devil may cry ass hype music <laughs> behind you and it just you know the scale and the badassery of it all is incredible um so the platinum is going to bahamut uh it is not only is it one of uh, the best boss fight of this year it's honestly one of the best boss fights i've ever played i think in video games at all yeah. up there with you know the intro to god of war 3 and some other things um but that fight you know it, it's what cemented the game uh for me as being one of my favorites of the year uh the gold is all going to titan uh again what more to be said it's incredible and then we're giving the silver to malaketh uh for the year yeah, congratulations, Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, they they if they did anything <laughs> right, it was the boss fights and the the epicness of of those. So, uh, yeah, you knew they were coming. Too. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, you did, and that's. I mean, that's why I feel like I wasn't excited to play this last DLC pack, but Leviathan might be hard to ignore. Right. Yeah. If if people come and be like, it's up there with it. Right. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily expect it to eclipse those fights, but if it's if it's neck and neck with them, I'll probably play it. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great. All right. So the writers or the listeners wrote in. Uh, Nick said Sandman from Spider-Man 2. Nice. Again, great opening fight, great intro to the game, per the great choice. And Jesse, uh, who is, who's continuing his um, – a lot of weird choices from Jesse. <laughs> hey, you already you year. already forgot how many hours he played. Yeah, I know. Leave Jesse alone. <laughs> well, he's played a lot of older games this year. Oh, uh, good. Uh, this one is Janichiro Ashina. From Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. I beat him last night, and he's insanely hard but totally fair. I really had to get good to beat him. Wait, 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 wait. I-S-S-H-I-N? Ash-I-N-A. Ash-I-N-A. Hmm. Okay, so it's not the final boss of the game. Okay. <laughs> I was, yeah, because I've heard that that, you know, is like, you know one of the best fights ever but one of the hard probably the hardest fight at of the souls bones souls born no it is him i'm okay. confused okay i'm confused there might be other characters name with that last name but janichiro is the hmm. it probably is him because again you, you're fighting in like with the moon behind you in the yeah, white yeah. flowery field yeah first time second time yeah that's got to be him okay but hey congrats man that's that's uh you know, as a self-proclaimed Soulsborne lover, I have not beat Sekiro, and I own it, and the main reason I haven't really gone back is because he scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to get to the end of that game and just be like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it is, you know, there's no leveling up. It literally is, just, like he said, get good, get good at parrying. 
Yeah. And I think there's four phases in that fight. So and Jesse had mentioned something similar with Liza P when he got stuck on that last, the re- last real boss mm-hmm. of that game that, yeah, that sucks to hit that wall right at the end, but yeah. Good. So, so he beat Sekiro, which is good on him. That's, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, John, let's move on to best performance. Best performance. All right. Um, so this was probably a little bit easier category for you than it was for me, <laughs> you know, being the indie uh, smaller title kind of player, especially this year with my girls becoming a little bit older, taking up a little bit more of my time. Um, wasn't a lot to choose from. However, uh, Ben Starr, uh, Clive Rossfield from Final Fantasy 16, I think did an incredible job. Um, you know, he he did the stoic solemn, um, you know, to never change my voice like this type thing really well, but at the same time making you really, really like the character Clive, um, and he got emotional when he needed to, uh, all the things that you would want from a voice actor, so uh, great job, Ben Starr. Got to give, a sh- uh, of course, a nomination to my boy Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker from Spider-Man 2. Um, you know, I think he had the huge task of needing to be both the l- loving, empathetic, funny Peter Parker that we know, as well as the venomized, infected Peter, and you could really feel it in his voice when he had to kind of have that um, in voice inflection uh, with that character. And then uh, Steve Bloom of Neon White. <laughs> uh, this was, you know, it's kind of stretching here a little bit, admittedly, but you know, I think he did a great job as well. Steve Bloom is a very, very notable voice actor. Yeah. Um, I is he Wolverine? We don't, we don't know, but but I, he was in the past. Yes, right? he's been Wolverine multiple okay. times. So you know, Nick might be able to speak more on what he's done, but I know he's he's one of those guys that just probably has like five hundred credits to his yes. name, and uh, he did a great job here. You know, needing to 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 do what he needed to do for that game. But the Platinum is going to Yuri Lowenthal. Um, uh, you know, he, he carried that game from a voice acting standpoint. You know, no slouch, uh, you know, Naji, crap, what's his last name? The guy who voices Miles. I know his first name is Naji. <laughs> yeah, hey, Naji. Uh, you know, he did a great job as well. Laura Bailey uh, as Mary Jane was great, but Yuri uh, was a star of that show. And gold going to Ben Starr, silver going to Steve Bloom. Hmm, great. Great, great. And I, yeah, I didn't have any of your characters, so that'll that's you interesting. Didn't have Star? No, no, no. But All right, what well, Cyberpunk and Baldur's Gate? Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, my first one is Ralph Ineson as Sadolphus uh, Telamon from Final Fantasy 16. Yes, Ben Star was great, not without a doubt. But I, I really wanted to highlight some voice actors that didn't get the didn't get the shine, and Ralph Ineson is is definitely great because Sid is is phenomenal. Ralph yep. Ineson is one of those, you, if you don't know that name, you know his voice. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear him a lot now that I'm playing Diablo 4 because he is oh, a yeah. main character in that as well. Go watch The but, Witch. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so don't, Sid, there's a Sid in every Final Fantasy game. You know, I, I love the Sid from Final Fantasy 7. Uh, and, you know, just a great character. Just interesting, the, the iconic voice and just... He kind of, you know, shepherds the player and and uh, Clive Rossfield through the game. Um, and he's just great. He's in it. he's the icon of Ramu as well. So he's he's badass all around. So I, I gotta, yeah, got to give a shout out to that actor. Uh, next up, I have Matthew Peretta. Uh, John may know him as Casper Darling in uh, Control. Oh, okay. You know the videos of the crazy scientist. That's yeah. him. 
And you also saw him sing Herald of Darkness because he is also Alan Wake in the Alan Wake series. Wasn't the singer not the voice actor? I thought I read that. The, the, uh, the live-action actor is not the voice actor. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So, so he, yeah, he did all the, you know, the, the performance, but the actual voice is Matthew Peretta. So cool. shout out to him for Alan Wake 2. And then my final perf- my final best performance is Minji Chang, who was Songbird in Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. I do think Idris Elba was phenomenal, but I think Minji Chang really made the choices that you had to make in this game harder because the performance was that good, the character was that interesting, and she's kind of the vocal point of the of the whole story. So had to give her Song So Me. Yes. Real name. Ooh. Yeah. That, what's her name? Minji? Yeah. M I N J I. Okay. Minji. Yep. Minji. But I I'm gonna give the best performance to Matthew Peretta as Alan Wake too. I I just love that voice and there's a lot of internal dialogue in that with that with Alan Wake's voice and he did a phenomenal job. So have to give it to him. Surprised you didn't have uh Asterian. Yeah, no Baldur's Gate characters. That's, that's what everybody loves. <laughs> as much as I loved Asterion, because I was a bard, I didn't need him in my party as much as other classes would have. Gotcha. Um, so. All right. Were you fucked up? Yep, I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick wrote in, he did choose Yuri Lowenthal for Spider-Man 2. Man of taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jesse wrote in with a character... That we wrote last year, and that's Christopher Judge mm, yeah. from God of War Ragnarok. Yep. He would have won if I yeah, played this he year. He says the Valhalla so DLC good. goes to some dark places as Kratos, and he absolutely kills it. I'm excited to, to see that. <laughs> yeah, I I really should feel it. I feel like we should, as a podcast, feel ashamed that neither of us have checked that out yet. What are we going to do when they just announce DLC uh, out of nowhere? Well, like, no plans, and it's, it seems <sighs> to be Sony's way right now with the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer mode, and... Um, Burning Shores, and now Valhalla, and probably some Spider-Man Two DLC that we're gonna that's gonna come out. That yeah, because now they can get two sales out of us instead yeah. of one. They know they know what you're doing, Nick. <laughs> I don't think that's their plan. And no, most people buy no. digitally anyway, so it's not yeah. like most people lose access to their games like John and I do. They honestly probably but, think they're doing everybody a favor. Right. They're like oh yeah, here you go. <laughs> I mean, at least it's all it's all free. You know? Right. Exactly. So. <clears throat> all right. So. Let's move on to best character to have a drink with. I'm going to kick things off with another Jedi Survivor nominee, and that's Skuva Stev. Skuva Stev. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a picture of him on my Is computer. Is that like Scuba Steve? <laughs> yes, yeah, no. so he's supposed to be like Scuba Steve. Is he really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So there's a collectible in the game in their fish. And uh, he helps you with that. You kind of get a cantina as like your home base, which is a bar in Star Wars. And it has this giant uh, aquarium in it. And Scuba Stev helps you uh, fill that aquarium with... Um, oh, he's got a starfish on his head. <laughs> uh, with, uh, with fish. And he's also an interesting character. In fact, he is the clip that people will hear before this episode is him talking. He's got like a Scottish accent. He's, he's a very bizarre character, but he's very, he's very funny. Um, most people would probably think Torgal would be on here. Torgal was another uh, fan favorite character that came out of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but Scuba Stev is just funny. Wait, Torgal? Tor- of Final Fantasy 16? No, um, Turgle. Turgle. Turgle, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, that, uh, and then when you get more fish in your cantina, you go in there and you'll see him swimming in that in the aquarium with him. He's that nice. kind of, he's a really small character. He basically looks like a crustacean uh, with a mustache. Uh, in, a, in an astronaut suit, so 
a bizarre character. How could you not want to have a drink with that guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. not, I don't even like stars. It sounds great. <laughs> uh, next up, I have Jill Valentine from Resident Evil 3. You horny bastard, you. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Okay, now i got to explain myself. <laughs> Typically, I, the female characters in videos don't do anything for me, but Jill Valentine is modeled off a real-life um, Russian model who is just gorgeous, and it looks and it looks so good, Like the, as I talked about when we talked about the game. Yeah, she's really pretty. Yeah, that she's incredibly gorgeous. Now, Jill Valentine does have a lot of PTSD, you know, from being in, you know, uh, you know, Resident Evil One, and then the Raccoon City incident in Resident Evil Two and Three. So she's she's got a lot of baggage, but just, I just want to look at her face. Just don't ask her how work's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how's work going? <laughs> I thought about adding some pretty like uh, Judy from Cyberpunk and and Pan Am. Yeah, yeah, but I was like, nah. Then I wouldn't be able to talk to them because they're too pretty, and I'd, I'd clam up. <laughs> that's, that's why I, you know, real like, a lot of confidence in me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, I have Morgana from Persona Five Royal. This is the cat that talks to you in the real world. And then turns into a cartoonish cat with a saber uh, in the mind palaces. Just an overall great character, kind of like Sidolphus, kind of just shepherds the protagonist Joker through the game and is with you throughout everything. Like I, you know, talks all the time, comments on everything you're doing, and is just just a great character. Nice. Well, you mentioned Sidolphus. I'm surprised you didn't have him because he's <laughs> he's on my list. I want to have a drink with yeah. him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't want to have a drink with good old Sid, but. Yeah, Sidolphus Telemann. Um, yeah, he just seems like one of the bros, one of the guys, one yeah. of the you know dudes. He buys around for the bar. He's got jokes. He's probably got something real serious to say. And you know, and you do drink with him in the game. You too. do, yeah, yeah. You're kind of like <laughs> usually in a bar uh, around him. But uh, yeah, it just seems like seems like a a guy that has your back when you want him to have your back, and a guy that you get you clock out of work and you go have a beer with. So and he, yeah, he's like a mentor too. Yep. Are you, so. are you going through your list? Yeah. Because I didn't say who won. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, It's just, Morgana. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, anyone who plays Persona 5 will know Morgana. Morgana's the best. Morgana is the best. Well, yeah. So Sidolphus is one of them. Okay. Good. That's a good choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, sin, I also, from Sea of Stars, chose oh. Beast. I know. I know. You thought no, Garl? You thought, well, hold on. <laughs> Uh, Beast is a uh, he is a a experiment of I can have aphorels aphorels yeah. whatever the living glass um, and I just he's he's got jokes he's can shape shift he just seems like somebody who's going to be around uh, to kind of like just be the guy that makes everybody smile makes everybody laugh um, and I honestly would just have so many questions for him right. like so many questions about him as a being but of course <laughs> yes nick i also have garl from sea of stars okay. in my in my nominations um the loving companion i am shocked you do not have him on your list um uh, like i thought he was the runaway front runner for this category but yeah because because he can cook food for you yeah like, dude he's just he's just he's there to <laughs> make sure you're drink he's too. there to make sure you're doing are you okay you know he's, he's gonna he's gonna always make sure yeah. that that everybody's having a good time um so yeah, Garl gets Garl gets it for sure. Uh, he, he wins the platinum. Gold goes to Sidolphus. Silver goes to Beast. Um, yeah, Garl is just like I feel like this category was designed. For is that him. how you say it? Is it Beast? Because it's B apostrophe S T. Beast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I wasn't sure as well. And <laughs> I always I, called him Best. <laughs> I did too until I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like B st right, right. B yeah. st right. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. Um, 
Garl, Sid, Beast, in that order. Okay. Yeah, great. Great list. All right. Nick came with another Time. character from Astral Ascent. Ooh. And so, John, do you, are you familiar with Andromeda? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to pick, uh, God, what's his name? It's like Slippy or Sippy or... I don't know. I'm going to make, I'm not, I don't know. But yes, Andromeda, good, great pick. Yeah, he says, literally owns a bar in a multiverse prison that the astral gods go to and is a thousands of years old. Not bad looking either. <laughs> <laughs> you horny boy. And Jesse's going to fill the spot for um, the the characters we did miss in best performance and best character to have a drink with. He says, all the companions from Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> they, would have a, <laughs> they would have a great time and would have awesome stories to share, but more... But more specifically, Shadowheart. Yes, Shadowheart is definitely one of the best companions in the game. Second to Asterion, for sure. You know, I think the the bummer is a lot of those other characters got kind of snubbed because, you know, Asterion was definitely the standout. So Can't nominate them all. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, you you could, but that would seem weird. (laughs) All right, so that's, that's it. We did eight categories. That leaves us with just our Game of the Year. Game of the Year 2023, John. We're Man, here. Where did we did it? We got through it <laughs> here. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Of course, my first nominee, as in tradition, is a game that did not come out this year, and that is Persona Five Royal. Wow, what a game to get its hooks into me! You know, a hundred hour JRPG, um, considered by most to be the best modern JRPG in the last you know yeah. ten years, probably. Uh, just, just great overall. Great, you know, it's, it's a very intimidating because you're kind of doing this daily schedule, and you got to make sure you're spending the right amount of time with people and stuff like that. And then, when do I go and attack the giant mind palace dungeons? So it's very in- intimidating up front, but once you get into it, it's just a full a game full of great combat, great music, a bunch of great characters, not just Morgana, mm-hmm. but just it's just a wonderful game. And I, yeah, I can't believe I. I platinum the game with over a hundred hours. The moment you told me that you <laughs> dug Danganronpa, yeah, was the moment I knew you had to play this. <laughs> you know, because like it's 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 not a game that's hard to recommend to people, but there are certain people out there that will just have this aversion to super Japanese looking things, and I yeah. get that. That's not for everybody. Um, but you know, from your love of Mass Effect to liking Danganronpa, I was like, this is perfect for you. Yeah. You should absolutely play this. And well, I didn't. I didn't play it myself. I, as I've talked about on the show, I just, I, I was one of those people that didn't like the social angles inside of it. I just didn't have fun doing that. Um, I did watch the entire sixty-six hour video, and it is, a, <laughs> it is the relationships that are forged in that game. You actually, you feel them. Yeah. Unlike a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it's a very good game to play currently. I think a lot of lessons in there make you a better person overall yeah. as you kind of deal with everyone's demons. Yeah, know. don't, so what, you don't, uh, well, don't be a gym teacher and diddle kids, right? That's, that's a big <laughs> one. Uh, don't uh, steal art from other people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, don't blackmail students, uh, all kinds of stuff, so. <laughs> good choice. But a great game and why I, you know, Metaphor Refantasio is, you know, that's pretty high on my list because it's all the same people yep. working on that. So my next game is one of my uh, highly anticipated, most anticipated games of the year. And that was Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac. Um, what more needs to be said? You know, they delivered again. The wingsuit is incredible. I didn't know I needed it. You know, we were so focused on the the quick travel, you know, just oh, a spot on the map. Yeah. Bloop, I'm right there in two seconds that the wingsuit was kind of 
uh, downplayed a bit, but when you start using it, you're like, wow, I can move through this fast, this world so fast. And that's, you know, Again, a next-gen feeling game, 100%. I wonder if studios will start to, like, as load times just become non-existent, be like, we we got to almost increase the amount of time it takes to fast travel <laughs> things to, like, allow people to not just blow through shit. But you right. can also just let the player decide. So right. Yeah, you don't have to do it, that's for sure. But uh, just overall, just a great game. And uh, my next game is my biggest surprise of the year, just how much I loved it, and that's Alan Wake 2. From Remedy Entertainment, just w- what a game! Just what an incredible experience from front to back, and why it you know got nominated for so many awards. Like you, you will not play anything like this. And this is another kind of similar to last year with uh, a Plague Tale Requiem uh, that it's just so next gen. It feels like such a current gen. Well, I say next gen, but I'm, I mean current gen because yeah. When does that go away? I feel like it never now yeah. okay. <laughs> starting now such a current gen game that the ability to change the world in real time uh tell this incredible dual narrative story and then uh shock you with and you know i'm hiding some of the, the later stuff but not just the we sing moment but there's some great moments in the, the end of that game and the ending is just just great just overall front to back one of the best experiences i had this year so this is exciting i don't know what you picked <laughs> you know, what are you gonna put your money on persona <laughs> you're right with hey. as in continuing the tradition of me picking a game that did not come out this year though i think this will be the last year that that happens uh persona 5 royal like i said to be you know i didn't want to play resident evil 4 when i when this when i was playing this side by side i just wanted to keep coming back and coming back and coming back for over a hundred hours that's not very many games can say that this was your number one played game, right? On yes. Wrap up? Yeah, yeah, 104 okay. hours. Yep. Uh, just, just, just great overall. And again, all of my game of the year nominees, I platinumed as well. So that's how much I, I loved all of them. Um, that, but Persona Five was just was something else. It was something incredible in a genre that I usually bounce off of pretty quickly. So for uh, a game with you know turn based combat to just grab me so hard, um, so hard, so hard. Uh, that yeah it wins my 2023 game of the year i can't wait to hold your feet to the fire with persona 3 reload (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) because i know you're like i don't want to go back but like i don't know it looks pretty current modern yeah we'll see we'll see (laughs) (laughs) a lot of jrpgs next year all right for my list uh I did four. I didn't cut out the last one because... Fine. My four is Jedi Survivor. All right. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because I already had had them written down and I didn't want to negate any of these, but... uh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go from four, three, two, one for these ones. So my bronze trophy award goes to Dave the Diver. Um, you know, like I said, one of my most surprising games of the year. I expected to like it, but it wasn't until I really started to invest the time into it that it, it captured uh, my attention so hard. You know, similarly to you with Resident Evil 4, uh, you know, playing Persona over that, I was playing this over Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I would, right. I would turn on my Switch, and I'd see those two icons, and I would, <laughs> in, in every single time, pick Dave the Diver. It was just the right combination of chill, you know, a lot of times after dealing with my kids and work and whatnot, like my brain capacity is not there <laughs> for what it need, you know, what I need to do. But Dave, the diver was absolutely perfect. So, uh, surprises around every corner, never stopped giving back. Honestly, great 
characters, you know, no voice acting or anything like that, but like Bancho, the Samuel L. Jackson looking sushi dude is awesome. Great little mini cutscenes. I would encourage everybody out there to go like check out some of those. They're, they're fun and cute. And then just a really, really great loop that you expect with these kind of games. So, um, Gosh, I, when is it coming to PlayStation? It's got to be in the next few months. I would, dude, I, I would like when they, sh- when they showed it. so good at getting exclusives. Neon White. Yeah, and then they don't say exclusive. shit about it. Like, Hades. It's almost like in their, in their contracts are like, okay, it's exclusive, and also you can't say when it's not going to be exclusive. <laughs> right. Like, just let us know. But think about it. Yeah, they had Hades, uh, Neon White, and now this. And it's Hollow like, Knight. Yeah, like yeah. whoever is on Nintendo signing these deals. Well, they're, they're the, as I always the say shit. with like developers wanting to work with PlayStation because of the the just the install base like fuck you put a game on switch you're especially smaller yeah. indie type games it's gonna sell there yeah switch is also an, it is a nintendo machine first and then an indie machine second yep for sure yep so um love 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 me some dave the diver um my silver award is going to final fantasy 16 um Top tier boss fights, some of the best boss fights I've ever experienced. Music was on point. Character work was great. Combat system was kind of simple, but like really fun to mess around with. And the ability to just kind of remove all your points, add all your points, change it up, we'll do whatever you want to do, uh, was a really, really nice touch. Uh, the I can't remember what it was called, but the system where you could kind of hit the, the touchpad and just read up on whatever it is oh, you were talking yeah. about was great. Active lore active time lore or something like that like (laughs) that was uh, a really really clever way to do that to allow you to kind of just stay stay engaged with the story um wherever it was um i kind of almost feel like we got to the end of the year and like it's not like this game got forgotten about but like i didn't see it a lot with with things so uh, i'm not quite sure what that is what the reason for that is it's probably has something to do with their side quests weren't great. You know, there were some rough edges. Uh, some of the performance issues were weird. Like in combat, it was great, but outside of that, it was kind of framey. But uh, overall, just a really, really enjoyable experience. Ever since I played Final Fantasy X, I always look forward to the next one of one of these in this series. So um, happy it delivered. Now, Nick, I got two games left. What what are they? <laughs> uh, Spider Man Two and Neon White. Neon White. An Elden Ring. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. You did beat that. And I've been thinking about how to order these two <laughs> for a long time. because and Neither came out this year either. <laughs> neither came out this year. I'm sorry. Therefore, my game of the year for this year is Final Fantasy 16. But <laughs> uh, I didn't know how to order these because on one hand, Neon White is weirdly one of the most personal games to me in a long, long time. Um, whether it's my my platinum uh that I got with it where it was one of the hardest, not hardest, but just like I had to focus on it and I had to, de- like I had to decide that I was going to go for this because yeah. the amount of 70 minute runs that got cut short because I died one time was brutal, but uh, getting it was an incredible experience. The connection I have with my son with it, he, to this day, you know, I got him a, a PC uh, for Christmas and the very first thing he wanted was neon white just because like, you know, he always, oh, I can aim with a mouse and stuff. And I'm like, All right, yeah, of course. Uh, but he just continues to want to play that game. And so it was really special. And then Elden Ring is a, a game of the generation. It's everything I want in a Soulsborne uh, and more. But I'm going to give the gold to neon white um you know i think it's just when it when it comes down as a video game critic and somebody analyzing it it's hard to deny the the complete package that elden ring is so i'm going to give the gold to neon white and then give that platinum to elden ring my game of the year even though it came out last year's everybody game of the year last year but it's my game of the year this year (laughs) um you know it really 
it, it, it's going to set the bar for for games for me going forward. You know, we've had a lot of conversations this year about open world games for me, and you know the the seemingly uh, amount of time that you need to put into these things to capture it all, and to you know want to see the main quest as well as the side stuff, and you know exploring this this world. And I just wanted to eat up every single inch of it, which is unlike you know what my experience was with Cyberpunk or Red Dead or a lot of these other open world games. True. You know, there's just something about you know, and, and a lot of it's the combat. I, I love melee focused combat with the Souls systems, but. The way that the world was designed as well, where the draw distance was so good that you could see in the distance and get there, which is not unlike any other thing, but, you know, conversely to cyberpunk, where I felt like I was just always surrounded by tall buildings, it really fed that sense of exploration, um, you know, whether it was stumbling across a random dungeon that was going to give you a cool new weapon uh, at the end of it, um, the seemingly infinite amount of bosses that you would face. I think there was something like 85 variants, um, you know, of different boss fights throughout the game. Um, and it was just a really fun platinum to go get as well. Um, so, you know, Shadow of the Erd Tree is... is I, I keep yeah. I keep forgetting about it, and like I, I feel like that's almost a good thing because I was telling Nick earlier as I was kind of making finalizing this list, I was like, you know what game I want to play, Nick? I want to play Elden Ring, and you know, uh, Mark is out there probably playing it right now because I, you know, he's I think put in another two hundred twenty hours this year, but it's a game that I I wish I almost wish there weren't any other games to play because I would just restart it, do a different build, restart it, do a different build. It's it's that engaging to me. The yeah. fun, the fun thing about that DLC is how long it's been since Elden Ring released. I know you just beat it this year, but I mean that was February of 2022. Mm -hmm. That this expansion will will be huge. It, I just, I just have this feeling that it's going to be much bigger than anyone was anticipating. It's going to be big, yeah. yeah. And you know, FromSoft has a history of the DLC bosses are harder than anything you've seen in the regular boss or in the regular game with Millennia. So like, makes me a little <laughs> nervous there, but. You know, I also wonder, is this going to be next-gen only? Like, could it even look better? Like, is that possible? I, I don't know, you know, uh, what their plans are for that. But, um, you know, hopefully we see that mid to early next year. Um, and I can sink my teeth into it again. But um, it was really hard deciding between Neon White and Elden Ring because they both did something special for me in mm -hmm. very different ways. I think it just kind of came down to look at the entire package and what it what it gives you and that gave Elden Ring a little bit of a nudge but I'm I'm I am I'm I'm gonna Bernie Sanders the shit out of everybody I'm once again asking you all <laughs> to play Neon White uh because it's on I think it's on sale right now for like 15 bucks yeah it's gonna it you know if if you like fast-paced games if you like especially just, if you like time I think regardless of anything just try it yeah Some, exactly just really try unique. it yep and it's I really, really want you to one day go back into it I know just to just to check out you know the the weapon of the year uh book of life right and uh <laughs> you know but Elden Ring congratulations you are as good as everybody says you are great 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 well our listeners oh wait 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 honorable mention spider-man 2 resident evil 4 tears of the kingdom <laughs> sea of stars okay, okay. there we go <laughs> our listeners actually did pick games that came out this year so at least they got that covered uh nick we suck nick wrote in sea of stars of course we, we all agree with that that's wait 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 how does sea of stars win your game of the year but not your indie game of the year 
Well, maybe you wanted to highlight both. All right, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> He's done so much for us. What can you I know, like when we see the game, these game award shows, you know, it's like when one wins like best direction, you're like, oh, I didn't win game of the year then. Yeah. You know, yep. like he just just seems to seems to conveniently happen that way. Yeah. Um, and then Jesse picked Baldur's Gate three, of course. Absolutely took him by surprise, and he fell in love with it instantly. Such a top tier game, and I know, you know, we didn't bring it, but. Yeah, I, now, yeah. Not, nobody's going to argue with that choice. <laughs> that is, I, dude, I think that game's going to plague my brain for a long time. Like, where it's just, you know, we're going to get into next year. There's going to be tons of things to play. And then that game's going to go on sale for $25. And I'll go, <laughs> hmm. Well, it's getting a physical edition next year. Right. So that, that, those will be out there. So Yeah. You know, and I just saw a video of, um, who's the director? Sven... Yeah. Whatever his name. Did you see that? Did you see that video? No. They uh-huh. posted today. He sat down with uh, Elijah Wood and Sean Astin. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And played a little bit. I, and I was like, oh, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. seems so jolly and and cool. And it's just it, you know, I would really have to be in the mood because you know, I played a game like Gloomhaven, which is a top. To, it's a board game, right? And playing that with my sister and my brother in law, and like the dice rolls and all that stuff, and planning, it's all cool. But like, it just sucks when you miss a dice roll, man. Yeah, it, it does. just sucks. It does. Tell so me. you really have to get in the right headspace. Lots of quick loading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So that's it. That's the wrap up of 2023. It's it's over, and that's it. You yeah. know and that. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you yeah. all had a great year. I hope you enjoyed all the games you played and are looking forward to 2024 and all the games we get to play that play then because as a preview of next week, that's kind of it. We're going to start looking ahead now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go into predictions. We're going to go into most anticipated games of 2024. So Hades to win. <laughs> so please... If you have some anticipated games of next year, please write in. And then just an overall 2024 outlook. I mean, we kind of briefly touched on it. Do some predictions. Uh, last last week with, you know, it's a year of Switch 2. Yep. It's a year of a possible PS5 Pro. You know, it, there's what is the slate first party-wise for Nintendo and Sony? And what release dates will Microsoft have? It's, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we've... Talked about it a lot, and every single podcast, I feel like I feel it more and more, but like the industry has just shifted in such a way where you know they, they almost relish the unknown, or they're all scared to talk or something. So yeah, we'll be actively going throughout the year. You know, I mean, I don't think we even knew Super Mario Wonder existed until no. like June or no. July, so or whatever you picked it up in the league. But um, yeah, there's lots of surprises, I'm sure, in store for us. Name change, you know, that'll be super exciting, you know, so we can hopefully get some more... Uh, you know, some more content for you guys or figure out different ways to engage the audience or expand the audience or whatever the case is. Yeah. And, uh, and play some games. Hopefully, hopefully I, hopefully I beat more than I think I beat like eight or nine PlayStation games this year. It wasn't a lot, (laughs) but they were good ones. So, you know, we'll see. Well, yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, you haven't touched on, we haven't touched on games in a while now. What, what games are you going to bring it? You've mentioned Astral Ascent. Yeah. Yep. So Astral Ascent, uh, you know, took over my gaming for a good week or two, and then the fucking PlayStation sale happened, and they're like, here, play some more games for super cheap. So I bought Remnant 2. Yeah. Um, so I, I've played a tiny bit of it. I really like the first one. It's just got a really, really nice gun play feel to it, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it, but it sure. scratches a lot of itches for me. So I'm going to try and jump into that. And um, so balance Astral Ascent and... And that, which is nice, because I, I like a game like Astral Ascent where you can do a run or two, you know, not devote the whole night to it, but just keep it going. And then, um, 
you know, over the holiday season, every child under the sun was at my house seemingly. So they all had my TV and I just did some more tears of the kingdom and Hey, shocker, that game's great. <laughs> so I know I keep He's back. Talk, I keep talking about that game and never saying much about it besides like, Oh, I'm checking it out again. But uh, I beat like the first big temple last night. And so uh, I'm really feeling it right now. We'll, we'll Good. see. I would imagine uh, it's going to be a, I don't know. We'll see how much. It's your new Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, probably. It'll, it'll be my game of the year next year. Right. You know, to, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, probably one of, one of those, those three. Okay. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Diablo four. Oh, and Hogwarts legacy. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, we can talk about that. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to bring Diablo four for sure. I have uh, tons of thoughts on that game. It's, it's such a weird game. Just, you know, it's it's a live service game, but not a live service game. This is a game stuck in the past, yet it's almost stuck in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot to that game, and I know uh, listener Mark has also played it. Obviously, it was his number four game. Uh, so I wonder what his thoughts are on it. But I, as not a normal Diablo player, you know, I beat Diablo three, but stopped after that. Did you get this physically? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes, John will be able to borrow my copy when I when I finish it. But there's there's a lot to talk about with that game as it's treads this fine line of live service game and regular game. So we'll have to talk about all that. Sweet. And then uh, more than one listener got a PlayStation Portal, so we got some emails to read too. Is poor and uh, poor <laughs> John. I love to clown on John, so we'll, we'll definitely have to bring those emails and make John even more thirsty. Or a PlayStation portal. I almost feel like you're more at fault at me not having a portal than I am because you should have been like, you need to get one of these. Do you understand <laughs> how you're going to be able to game? And I'd be like, I know, but I shouldn't buy it. And we'd be like, no, you're going to be able to play games when you can't otherwise play games. <laughs> right. I blame right. you. Well, it, I mean, it had that sticker shock of $200, you know? Yeah. It's not, that's that's nothing well, to, and to it, stop and it, and it was like it was one of those where it's like you kind of wanted to wait to hear about it, right. see what people thought, but it sold out immediately and it hasn't got. So it's like one of those. <laughs> it's fine, you know. PlayStation Direct has said they're going to have a restock in mid January, so hopefully I can. Yeah, it's scoop just a waiting game up. at this yeah. point. You know, yeah. after the holidays, it'll probably be more readily available. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that's about it. That's enough to fill a, a pretty beefy ep- episode next week. So. I'm excited. I'm yep. always excited to look at new games. We gotta, we gotta fin- You know, battle royale round two is gonna be starting soon. Yeah, please vote. I do not want any more ties. Yeah, ties suck. <laughs> so <laughs> please vote. We have three polls out there. They, they, they'll. Some of them will end by the time you listen to this, so that's not will help. But the, but the Ellie versus Leon. You know, if you haven't voted yet, go to Twitter. This is still tied. Uh, I think Ellie is ahead now. By a vote. I should go vote. <laughs> Create some accounts. <laughs> yeah, vote for Leon just to fuck it, keep it at a tie. Uh, but that, that poll's still out there. And again, yeah, we'll be bringing that back ne- next week. Do we remember who we had? Do you remember who, you, who we picked for next week? No. <laughs> Sonic was one of them, I think. Yeah, Sonic. <laughs> We're so bad. Well, you know, dude, it's Christmas time. Like, you know, especially for me with families, it's like, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not uh, here presently in the mind most of the time. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, it was Jack versus Rayman and Sweet Tooth versus Sonic. So that's <laughs> Sweet Tooth versus Sonic is a good one. <laughs> so, so that'll continue. And yeah, that's another thing to look forward in 2024 is round two of that. Yep. And John and I have to figure out how to make it different. So yep. we're not just saying the same things over and over again. So, so I can honor my beloved Tubi. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's in a way that you have to directly always compare it to the fighter that you're fighting 
Like you can't just say like, oh, Tubi is good with swords and she's right. got a droid that shoots. You can't say that. You gotta be like, well, when she's dealing with uh, Leon, she can do this and this and this. What do you think about cosplaying every battle and me and you actually fight? <laughs> <laughs> I'd get expensive, but sure. <laughs> and lots of bruises. <laughs> so we're gonna fight again? <laughs> yeah, two fights every yeah. week. So we, yeah, we fight in one costume, then we gotta change, bring just, on the next costume. I like that. Really I'm just visual, <laughs> not visualizing you walking in as a sweet tooth and me having like a blue mohawk. <laughs> Uh, good stuff uh, yeah that, that's exciting as well so all right so for the song we are going to leave you on a song from that both of our best music of the year final fantasy 16 this one is called battle theme it's great it, it's pretty much what plays every battle unless you're doing a big icon or uh, you know, final boss fight but, uh, it's again from Mas- masayoshi soken who also won best music at the game of the year or the game awards oh yeah just so great man soundtracks hope you enjoy and that's it so we thank you all for listening uh, to all of our episodes this year if you're just joining us we love all of you we love all of our listeners look forward to doing great things next year
Tequila Herradura Ultra Extraordinary Awaits.